When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, local politicians, we've heard a lot about them being shamed into returning to the talks table. Uh, John Tong's been writing about this this morning in the Belfast Telegraph. Uh, John, of course, is a professor of uh, politics. He's at Liverpool University, a regular contributor to the show. John, good morning. Good morning. John, that's your line about 21 years ago. The politicians were dealing with the big P's, the power sharing, the paramilitaries, the prisoners and the policing. And some critics would now say they're merely uh, taking the P. Uh, a lot of people are, are queuing up to put the boot into them. Well, that's right. I mean, 21 years ago, there were huge issues to deal with. Those, those very, very controversial issues of prison releases and, and policing reform. If you look at today's uh, issues that, that are downing Stormont, I'm not saying they're unimportant. They matter dearly to some people, but they're not on the same scale. Such things as an Irish Language Act, they're not on the same scale. They're not seismic compared to what was agreed 21 years ago when the politicians agreed to share power uh, and, and go into Stormont. So I, I do think that the problems that are there at the moment are surmountable. There is goodwill at the moment. There is a lot of emotion around following the, the tragic death, the tragic murder of Lyra McKee. And it was the least the politicians could do to, to resume a talks process. They looked very, very sheepish in the church last week at the funeral when Father McGill called them out. And the public are, the public still want devolution in Northern Ireland. Every single survey shows that. And so, you know, the question begged is, why isn't it back on? 40% of the time since the Good Friday Agreement, and it's a fairly damning statistic, 40% of the time since the Good Friday Agreement, Stormont has not sat. And I think there's a, there's a great deal of impatience with the public now, and the public thinking, yes, notwithstanding your important and not inconsiderable differences, surely there's a case now for actually going back into government. And, you know, they're not going to take it from the party to say, look, we're ready to go into Stormont tomorrow. People are actually saying, do it. But are we on a hook now, all of us, over the Irish Language Act? Is that what you're suggesting? Because in the, the article, you say that 90% of DUP supporters do not want an Irish Language Act. 96% of Sinn Féin supporters do want an Irish Language Act. So obviously the Sinn Féin personnel, they've got to play to their voter, and the DUP lineup, they've got to play to their voter. So on that issue of the Irish Language Act, we're in a quagmire, whereas we were able to sort out power-sharing paramilitaries, prisoners and policing 21 years ago. 
I agree with that, Frank. You've got to, the party leaders have to take their supporters to a place that they don't want to go. You're absolutely right. If you look at the statistics on the Irish Language Act, you think there'll never be agreement on this. The vast, vast bulk of DUP supporters are against the Irish Language Act. They think, uh, and they may well be wrong in this, but it's what they think, that it de-Britishizes Northern Ireland, that it's the slippery slope towards you know, a united Ireland, a simple Irish Language Act. On the other hand, Sinn Féin supporters, even though most of them don't speak Irish, are ravidly behind the idea. So that's the job of party leaders, though, sometimes, to take supporters in a direction that, you know, that they don't want to go. I mean, you know, who in 21 years ago, who, which followers of the Ulster Unionist Party really wanted to share power with Sinn Féin, but David Trimble had to take them in that direction. Which supporters of Sinn Féin really wanted to go into a Northern Ireland Assembly when, you know, most supporters of Sinn Féin didn't want a Northern Assembly, they wanted a United Ireland. Sometimes you have to go in directions that you don't particularly want to go in, and it's uncomfortable, it's not pleasant. And it's worth remembering that over a year ago, there was was a deal, there was basically a deal on the table which would have involved an Irish Language Act as part of a a threefold bill, which would have protected Ulster Scots uh, and would have uh, said more general things about the protection of identity in Northern Ireland. The DUP couldn't sell that to their own supporters, but there was the basis of a deal. And so it, it, it is potentially doable, but it involves party leaders being tough with their own bases and taking them in those directions that they don't particularly want to go. And I accept completely that's very, very hard for party leaders to do, because ultimately what is a political party without its members and without its voters? But sometimes for the greater good, you've simply got to swallow unpleasant compromises. How much of this, looking back, was down to Brexit? The very fact that Brexit was the great unknown quantity and really the DUP, neither the DUP nor Sinn Féin wanted to be involved at Stormont while Brexit was stripping off its outer layers. I think Brexit worsened the divisions. If you look at the the, the statistics, two-thirds of DUP supporters are in favour of Brexit, whereas only one in seven Sinn Féin voters favour Brexit. So there's no doubt that Brexit worsened, exacerbated the existing divisions. But not everything can be blamed upon Brexit. And in some ways, I think that had the executive been in place over the last couple of years, you know, it might have made things worse because you wouldn't have got a coherent position from a Northern Ireland executive over Brexit. It would have been a pantomime horse with with the head going in one direction and the legs in the other. The the DUP in favour of Brexit, albeit not the withdrawal agreement that Theresa May wants, but some form of Brexit, a UK-wide Brexit, and Sinn Féin adamantly opposed, and Sinn Féin pushing for special status for Northern Ireland. So let's not kid ourselves that things would have been any better Brexit-wise had the executive been in place. What Brexit did was to reawaken the issue of the border, to highlight the divisions within Northern Ireland, and to make things worse. And, you know, there's no sign of that being resolved. But there are plenty of other issues that down the executive. It wasn't just about about Brexit. It wasn't just about an Irish Language Act. It was also about such things as as same-sex marriage. It was also about disagreeing the past. The idea that the the past can be agreed when there are two such rival narratives over what happened uh, during the conflict, you know, forget about trying to agree the past. Let, let's just try and agree the present. So there's a whole range of issues. And, you know, at one level, I'm, I'm 
quite, I quite admire the parties for at least going back into a talks process at the moment, given that they are fighting a local election this Thursday, given that they're almost certainly going to have to fight European Parliament elections, given that the RHI inquiry report isn't far away. You know, in some ways, the contextual background couldn't be worse, but there is the, that raw emotion that is, is there following the Lyra McKee funeral, uh, following the words of Father McGill, that frankly do make the parties at least have to begin to talk to each other again. It shames everyone, I think, that the parties have barely spoken a word to each other over the last few months. It does shame everyone that Stormont has not been there for 40% of the time since the Good Friday Agreement. And I think it does shame everyone that, you know, no one has lost a full day's pay despite that 40% figure. They had no choice, really, other than to show some sign of talking in the run-up to these local council uh, elections, following what Father McGill did say. If they, if they had sat on their hands uh, and, and did absolutely nothing, the, the public are bound to have been angry with them. I think that's right. I mean, the public are dis- disillusioned, although every survey shows that the public still want devolved self-government for Northern Ireland. The public don't want direct rule. A united island may happen one day, but there would need to be a border poll uh, first. Uh, so what is the alternative to devolved government? Most people would say that government by civil servants is undemocratic. Most people say that direct rule from Westminster ministers is essentially undemocratic. So people want control of their own affairs. And the only alternative to Stormont is either joint authority, London-Dublin, which doesn't seem to be a runner, or you transfer the powers of Stormont to local councils. But they don't appear, with all due respect to those councils, uh, ready for that. So in some ways there isn't an alternative and the public recognises that. So there's a sense of frustration. I agree as well that the, the, the emotion that was triggered last week is a huge prompt for the talks process. But it needs more than emotion. It, it, you know, it, it needs goodwill. You know, in the article in the Belfast Telegraph, I talk about whether it's a question of, of the people, whether the personnel, whether it's a question of the policies, whether it's a question of the procedures. You can change the existing rules in Stormont and stop the parties blocking each other. But ultimately, but first of all, you, you need to get them back in there. Then they can discuss revisions to the rules that make Stormont a better institution. But you've got to get them back in there. The one thing I think that could have been usefully done is that a neutral arbiter to a talks process could have been appointed. I don't understand why there's not been a call upon, for example, a, a sort of son or daughter of Senator George Mitchell to referee the talks process. And people might think, well, you know, why, why do you need that, you know, 21 years after the conflict supposedly ended? But I think that if Mitchell had not chaired the talks for the Good Friday Agreement in 1998, they'd still be talking now. There wouldn't have been a deal. I think sometimes it's useful to bring in an external, independent voice to broker talks and I think there is a strong case for that now. Yeah, we always seem to need to be held by the hand. Uh, John, one final question to you. Are you a footballing man? I am, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. so uh, you, <laughs> you'll, you'll understand this question then. What's, what, what would you put your money on? The idea of Stormont and the Executive and the Assembly working again in the near future or Liverpool winning both the Champions League and the Premier League? 
I think the latter is more likely. Um, I'm, I'm not a Liverpool fan. My, my team was actually promoted last night. I, mean, I support a, a small team, Berry, who actually promoted. Um, I, I'm slightly more optimistic about the talks process than some people in respect to Stormont, in the sense that I think the parties recognise the public disillusionment, and I think there is a feeling that this is the last chance for a talks process, because what happens, I think the question begged here is, what happens if this talks process collapses? Can you simply return to the status quo of, of Stormont, a hiatus over Stormont, with everyone still getting paid and civil servants making decisions? There is a limited shelf life for that. It can't go on in perpetuity. I also think that there's an expectation from the public that wasn't there a year ago. I think that the the recent horrible murder of Lyra McKee has concentrated public minds. There's been an increased focus upon Northern Ireland, not just within uh, the region itself, but more broadly. I mean, you know, there was global coverage uh, of, that, of that terrible, epi- terrible episode. So I think, I think the pressure upon the politicians is at a level that we've not seen for quite a few years. And I think that will prompt them. But I don't underestimate the difficulties either, not just about the policies, but the context. You know, when you're fighting elections, you know, when the Northern Ireland elections ever, you know, lead to compromises, they, they are in many ways, you know, tribal moments. But I think once we get past the elections, I think that then the real business could be done. There's still the other issue of the RHI inquiry report, which could still, you know, prevent a resumption of the executive. But I think the context in some ways, is more promising for a resumption or restoration of Stormont than it has been uh, for a few years. And I didn't, you know, frankly, I'd virtually given up on the idea of the restoration of devolution. But I do think that recent events have at least offered a window of opportunity that now has to be taken. Yeah, I'm listening to every word you're saying and there's a slight sense that uh, Liverpool just might beat Barcelona get ahead of Man City <laughs> and win the Premier League having defeated possibly Ajax in the final uh, John good speaking to you Gig Lane is that where Burry play? That's, that's right yeah yeah we, we, we got promoted at, at Tramia last night so it was uh, it, it's good. League, League 1 is as good as it ever gets uh, for us we're not, we're not quite at the Champions League standard <laughs> but, but, but I do think Liverpool will beat Barcelona that's, that's one prediction well, that's one definite pre- prediction you can have yeah I have a feeling they, they just might uh, John thank you very much indeed Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 